what, it's a little bit of a thing to, we hit record and then I sync us up with mm-hmm. a clap, mm-hmm. which we've been doing for a long time mm-hmm. before other people started doing it. <laughs> And then, and then after the clap, I have to plug in, we both plug in our headphones into yes. our FaceTime and then put them on our heads and then pick up our microphone. And so having the recorder, there is a timer that now tells me how long it takes me to put headphones on my head. And oh. I don't like the results. Tammy, we're not doing great. It we're does not take doing great. a good minute to get our headphones. It's, it feels like too long. Like how... How long is too long to get a pair of headphones on your head? 15 seconds or more? Yeah. And that's definitely, um, no, we're not beating 15 seconds. No, 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 no. That one took at least almost 60 seconds for us to go from sitting at a desk, looking uh-huh. at headphones to yep. putting them on our heads. Why? And honestly, I'm all about efficiency. You should see my shopping lists right now. Cause I'm the shop. I'm the shopper in the house. Me too. Uh, and so I like, want to spend as little time as possible in the grocery stores. So I break it out. I'm like, produce, bread, dry goods, household. Yeah. I've memorized the layout of our grocery stores so that I know exactly like, because sometimes it's weird. Like sometimes the pistachios are in the produce section. So, you know, I have to remember, okay, at Mm -hmm. this store, the nuts are at the produce. and And I do the same thing. It is like fucking supermarket sweep girl I went to I went to Sprouts and Walmart and curbside liquor pickup uh yesterday and so I also have to like keep in my mind if I can't find it out at Sprouts like where is it gonna be at Walmart right (laughs) you know yes oh so the world we're living in and the the fun not so fun part about all this is we're recording this now, but it's going to drop in like eight or nine Mid-May. days. But yeah. yeah. So we're recording this on April 26th. It's probably going to what drop May something. Mm-hmm. Um, everything could be so much worse by the time this drops. Yeah. Or a lot better, but probably worse. I don't know. I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm worried because they're again, this is so funny talking like this and things go out so quickly um two things i'm i'm working uh on like a project right now where we're basically for nonprofits we're compiling information in a database um with the most up to date covid assistance they work with a lot of people um who are undocumented and um have lost their jobs or don't have health care and stuff like that so it's basically just making one place where they can go look for what they need and mm-hmm. try to find assistance and for like advocates um for them as well and so i'm just immersed in it all day long like i'm reading what's going on and generally i'm reading like positive stuff because it's like hey city of chicago declares we don't care if you're documented come get yourself tested you know like they're you know people doing good things and people helping and everything but then like i think i told you about this i was compiling a thing for people uh you know, resources for their kids at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made a page that was like, Sesame Street explains a health crisis. And I just 
burst into tears. Like I was like, I can't handle this. Like I, like I was so overwhelmed just thinking like, yeah, these poor kids, these poor kids. And that like Sesame street is now explaining what coronavirus is. And like, it's both beautiful, but then also just that like so real, you know? Yes. Yeah. I know. It's so complicated for children. I'm sure I, I now do, um, uh, porch visits with one of That's, the children I nanny. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, at first I was like, this is so cute, so sweet. We're having a good time. And the, her mom told me, like, she wanted, you know, relatives and friends and, and caretakers to start visiting. Like, you know, it's optional, of course. But, you know, she's been kind enough to continue paying me during quarantine for the money I could have made. That's wonderful. It was just yeah. very generous. And I miss them so much. And so I've been really enjoying this. But she... Was, had the knowledge to say I didn't want the the toddler to have any abandonment issues with her caretakers you know right. so that when you guys come back the relationship is just as fortified as it always has mm-hmm. been and you know there's that too and like of course she wants to run off those stairs and come and hug and and you know the first time yeah. that this happened you know she burst into tears because she couldn't understand it it's just yeah. so hard for children to wrap their minds around this. And I really feel for people who are quarantined with their kids right now and trying to explain this when we don't even understand it. Mm -hmm. It's tough. I mean, woof. Oh, Sesame street. Just like, it makes me cry anyway, no matter what's going on in the world. But like, they really have this special way of like touching my soul, especially in Mm -hmm. crisis moments. It's so beautiful. Yeah. On Instagram yesterday, I follow the Kermit the Frog on Instagram, of course. Yeah. Um, I follow many Muppet accounts on Instagram, but <laughs> Kermit posted um, uh, a video that he made and it's so fucking cute. He just wanted to cheer everyone up. So he posted a video of himself singing Rainbow Connection. And Aww. because it's 2020, you see him and he's the video opens with him like doing like he's turning on the camera himself. <gasps> oh you know, my God. like so you see he's his, going Instagram live. Yes. And so and then when he's done singing, like he takes like a really deep, deep inhale and an exhale and he just sits for a second and then he leans in close to the camera and you see his little froggy fingers turning the camera off. And it's so it's like he was just like doing it in selfie mode. Oh my God. I sent it to my nieces and my sisters and I was an Ithamar and I was like, this is killing my, (laughs) it's like, it's like what my soul needs, but also I cannot right now. I want to fucking cry my eyes out, which is exactly what you'll do while listening to this very haunted podcast called Banshees and Boos. A paranormal podcast. With a shot of liquid courage. I swear to God, I was just about to say, we turn to our entertainers in our time of crisis and we're here to cheer you up. (laughs) And then when we stop recording, we cry for days. Uh (laughs) Oh my God. Oh Lord. Um, Anywho, hey. Hey, hey, how hey. are ya? Good. Still feeling a bit under the weather. I think it's sinus allergy, cold. Yeah. I don't know, but it's not COVID because there's no fever. So that's my own self-diagnosis. I had a gross gunk in my throat, but I slept with my window open. So I think it was that. That's what I'm like. I have gunk in yeah. my throat. I have like congestion in my chest. Like my face yeah. hurts, but it's these, April. So. It's exactly. And these are my normal 
I don't feel well symptoms. If anything feels yeah. out of the ordinary, I'll go mm-hmm. to the doctor. Um, but I don't want to have to. So for now, it's a cold slash allergy slash sinus infection. Amen. Um, but don't you worry. I'm putting vitamin C in my drink again. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what are you drinking, Amy? Well, honestly, it has absolutely nothing to do with my research. Me neither. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, our topic today is we are, we're, we're not doing a state today. Uh, cause like we said, we're kind of like doing it every other week, most likely, or skipping around. So we're doing, um, origin stories of ghost hunters today, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. There were so many I wanted to tackle. Um, but, uh, my, uh, my guy is pretty fascinating. The guy yep. I researched. Um, so anyway, my drink has nothing to do with it. I was just really in the mood for rum. Cause you know how I get <gasps> when I'm drinking the yeah. rum. And I of course wanted to add some vitamin C. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what if I made a Mai Tai and then realized I have none of the ingredients. So okay. all I did, I made rum, I did rum, OJ, and lemon and lime juice. And then okay. I just added like a little bit of simple syrup for like a sweetener. Okay. And put it in this glass. How's with- it taste? I don't know yet. Oh my God. Should I try it? it? Yeah, taste it. Oh, it's cute straw too. Mostly I just taste rum. (laughs) (laughs) And that means it's wonderful. It's actually really good. It's got the... Okay, good. It almost... Okay, so it's definitely not like a Mai Tai, but it has a Mm -hmm. nice... It basically is just citrus juice with rum and a little sugar. I like it. Okay, I'm into it. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's far from a Mai Tai, but hey, it's quarantine cocktails. You know what? We do what we can. Our cocktails go so well together because uh, Mm. mine also has nothing to do with my research. Uh, But I was sitting here and I was going to order, you know, from the liquor store. And uh, I was like, you know what? I just fucking want champagne. I want champagne. So I'm going to get champagne. So then I was looking and I was like, the stuff I could order. I was like, oh, that's expensive champagne. I'm not (laughs) ordering that. And it got me to thinking, you know, we should celebrate. The things that we have, you know, you want champagne, get a little champagne, but we're also not all taking in a lot of money. So um, that's why I have bought this can of Andre brand Brut Champagne. Amazing. It's literally from the Andre Cellars. And to me, that sounds like basement trash. And so I just, I haven't even opened it yet, um, but I will. It's a full-size can, by the way. I was going to um, say, that looks gigantic, it's Tammy. It's much. Holy so shit. I just felt like this was very representative of our time. I wanted champagne. It's not going to be good, and it doesn't look nice, and I probably won't like it, but I'll have too much of it, and that's what we can do. I'll drink to that, my friend. Thank you. Cheers. Here, let me... I got, well, I got to open mine. Oh, Excuse me shoot. while I, while I pop this. Ah, the sound of champagne popping from a I can. I have not had, I am happy to say I've not had Andre brand sparkling wine since like college. This oh, was for like, sure. They sold this at Walmart, I, I feel like. I was just going to say, I went to Walmart and bought that once and it was the pink kind and I <laughs> got so sick. They also had the pink kind, and I was like, I can't. Okay, I'm going to try okay, it. Let's okay. see what happens. Right. Also, it's weird drinking champagne out of a can. That's weird because, like, 
your brain is going to be like, I'm drinking beer right now. And then your taste buds are going to go, this is not beer. You know, it's Andre sparkling wine. It works. There you go. There you it's, go. It works. It met your expectations, we'll say. <laughs> it did. Three stars. <laughs> I am oh, man. loving my cup of rum with a splash of citrus. I like that, too. Um, I'm, I'm going to be ooh. so burpy. I got a glass straw, Tammy. Look at that. Oh, it's glass. It's I love it. It's glass. I'm digging them. I've been looking for, you know, environmentally friendly straws forever that mm-hmm. are make made in the USA. And mm-hmm. so I'm tired of paper straws. So I ordered glass straws as an alternative to like the mm-hmm. aluminum or whatever. And I love them. They came from Hawaii and it's called like sea turtle green. But what oh. I forget is something very important when it comes to me and glass and my teeth. I I go in too quickly and I have lots of chips in my two front teeth because I've chipped them on beer bottles as a young drunk. Um, So So cute. (laughs) I would just be like a little tipsy and just give me that beer and it would click the bottom of my two front teeth. And so now my two front teeth have a few chips in them. Oh my God. Oh, I have a strawberry in my tooth. Oh, yeah, I got oh, of strawberry. Oh, yummy. Uh, Ooh, I might test. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've got strawberries in my teeth, so cool. Um. Anyway, so I've been clonking my freaking teeth on these glass straws again. And I'm like, Uh-oh. why don't I know how to drink? I'm, I'm freaking 38 years old. Come on. Come on. And now I just revealed that I'm an old lady. Um. So anyway, <laughs> glass straws. I highly recommend glass straws. Unless you're like me and you clunk your teeth on them. Mm-hmm. And now I think that's, my chips are getting worse. <laughs> that's a solid three-star review right there, too. <laughs> Great for people who know how to drink. Great. <laughs> You'd think that'd be us. <laughs> um, well, um, my research today was originally, I'm not joking, 14 pages long that I reduced down to Four, because that's how much information was on this fucking guy. It was that's a lot crazy, Tammy. It was crazy. Do you want to go first today, or do you want me to go first? Um, I have much less, so um, hmm. up to you. Um, I'll jump in, and then um, you give me yours, and then you and I, I believe we both have some personal ghosty oh, stories to share at the end of this, I've, huh? I've got some stuff. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. All right. Well, I'll. I'll I'll jump in. Thanks. I'll drink this on drag. Oh, great. Oh, I also had a note at the top of this to um, let you know a quick, quick, quick update about my downstairs neighbor, a.k.a. Liberace. Oh, Liberace. Mm-hmm. So things are going really well. We communicated to him. I, we wrote a letter because um, he was playing one night until almost 11 o'clock at night. And that was like the last glass straw, you know? And, <laughs> and so I, I, I typed cause you know, to honor social distancing and because I'm really scared of people, I typed yeah. a very, very good, like kind of perfect letter. 
Um, I won't go into the details for time, but uh, left it at his door and gave him our numbers. He texted us the next morning and like apologized profusely and said Aww. like, we're such incredible neighbors. He never hears anything. And so he kind of forgets that people can hear because he never hears any noises coming through. And so he's he's like, you're right. It is not okay for me to be playing at night. I'm going to reduce the, t- you know, blah, 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 blah. And so now when he plays, I... I like it. And I realized, oh, oh, he wasn't a, he's a great pianist. It was my anger that was like coming out as mean, you know, like, oh, he sucks. And Mm -hmm. now that we are communicating and he's honoring our requests and we're honoring him um, and we're on a good, good page, um, I've actually grown to really enjoy when he plays piano now. So I just thought, what a lesson. What a lesson. Sesame Street gets you stories of people accepting that they made a mistake and and owning it and moving on that gets me seriously um, if only all men could be that way i mean <laughs> you know of course my first both of them are and I are like, oh my God, we don't know him. What if he's crazy? What if he comes to the door and tries to kill us? And, uh-huh. you know, and so I told him about your story that you shared about your neighbor, uh, your old uh-huh. neighbor, and how like after you guys called the cops on her, you know, she was coming to the door and knocking. And I told him, I was like, don't answer the door if he comes and knocks, you know, like just leave You're it. Under no obligation. You don't Absolutely. have to answer your door. Especially in quarantine. And so yeah. we're... We're freaking out. We're freaking out. And of course, the next morning, he texts the kindest. I mean, he could not have been kinder. And so I'm happy Is to report. Is there hope for America? There might be. There wow. might be. If you write beautiful letters like me, then things get accomplished. But I was, we were lucky and we're alive <laughs> yeah. and we're all friends. And now I like his piano music a lot. So you know what? going well. Cheers to that. Cheers to, to Cheers communication. To that. And yes. checking your ego at the door and accepting and, and taking ownership of your actions. Amen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Back to ghosts. Mm. Back to ghosts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> Tam, <laughs> I love watching. I love watching her choke down this Andre. Oh, God. You're right. I'm drinking too much of it because yeah. I'm drinking it as if it's a beer. And it's like, blech. blech. I, I feel that for you. I wish that you could have my um, not so Mai Tai Mai Tai because it's <laughs> delightful. Um, okay, so I did research on Harry Price, the quote unquote original ghost hunter. Um, my research came from Wikipedia and AmericanHauntingsInc.com. Um, this was they incorporated. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm sorry. Ink is an in ink from a pen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like I N K. Okay, mm, I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm on board now. Okay, so this dude, Harry Price. Wow. So he was a highly charismatic personality whose energy and enthusiasm and the enemies that he made in the paranormal world of um the world's first celebrity ghost hunter. Okay. All right. Harry Price was born in London in 1881. He was the son of a grocer and a traveling salesman. His interest in the paranormal began in 1989, so he was eight years old, when he saw his first performance by a stage magician. From that point on, he became an amateur conjurer and began collecting what would become an immense library of books on magic. 
He his first physical investigation took place when he was only 15 and still in school. He and a young friend obtained permission to spend the night in an old manor house that was rumored to be haunted. They experienced disembodied footsteps in the house and attempted to photograph the ghost, which failed when Harry Price loaded far too much flash powder into his camera. (laughs) Don't you just hate when that happens? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Harry. are all washed out because there's too much powder. Flash powder. (laughs) Harry, honestly. Has no one taught you anything? Um, After graduating from school, Harry Price worked at a number of jobs, including as a journalist. Then, in 1908, he met and married a wealthy heiress named Constance Mary Knight. He then settled down to become what all of us wishes we could be, an independently wealthy ghost hunter. That motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. God, Isn't that yes, insane? He just married a fucking heiress and was like, sweet. Now I can just go hunt for the rest of my life. I'm set. Full time. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm beyond jealous of this dude. I am so <laughs> fucking jealous. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so in, uh, 1920, so he took this shit real seriously though, even though he didn't have to worry about making money off of it. He was like mm-hmm. very, very, he was like, he was born for this. Um, so I have to burp. Uh, excuse me. Nice. Um, so in 1920, Harry joined the Society for Physical Research. Um, he, by the, but by the time he joined, he had already started a career as Britain's most famous ghost investigator. Um, he spent many hours at alleged haunted houses, and um, he also investigated spiritualist mediums to see if they were frauds or not. Mm. Yeah, so he he because he was an expert magician because of all his like, you know, self studying, um, he would use magic skills to debunk fraudulent psychics, just like Houdini, right? Houdini used to do that. Uh huh. Like Houdini was not about that shit at all. He like mm-hmm. hated it. So yeah, isn't that interesting? It was very. And this is post Houdini. Right? Houdini was much earlier than 1920, wasn't he? Wasn't he more? I don't remember. I don't think so. Because mm. we did do an article, I mean, an episode, uh, where we talked about Houdini's wife doing seances on the roof of the Knickerbocker. Yes. Yeah, remember that? Let's um, see. Houdini died in 1926. Oh, so it's kind of close to the same time. Oh, he died on Halloween. I forgot. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> Um, interesting. So Houdini was in his later years in life when, when Harry Price was doing his thing. Well, he died prematurely. So, cause, um, you know, he got punched in the stomach and then couldn't escape the, that's yeah. right. That's right. He uh, was, well, he was 52, it says. Oh gosh, that is so young. Mm-hmm. Well, basically in a nutshell, Harry Price got really famous for, um, being a paranormal researcher and a ghost hunter, um, who was kind of out there, though, to debunk, like, gimmicky people. Because, you know, we did our spiritualism episode, like, the Victorians. Um, uh, And so this reminded me a lot about the Fox sisters, who we talked about in that episode, which was, like, Mm -hmm. episode eight. One of my favorite episodes, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we talked about how bad Victorians were at not dying. Exactly. (laughs) And, um, And, like, that spiritualist 
movement was insane. Insane. Everyone was haunted. Um, So he was like the ultimate debunker and um, a real seance party pooper, one might say. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, Yet people always called upon... He was like the first person England would turn to if there was a possession or a haunting because like he could tell you if it was real or not. So he believed, but he was like, we got to really break it down though. um, Right. So I'm going to get into the most famous investigation he ever did. Um, So this is the Borley Rectory in Essex, England. Okay. So the building um, became known as the most haunted house in England. Um, uh, The rectory was built in 1863. And it was so haunted that eventually... um, uh, what's my guy's name again? Something Price. Harry Price. Thank you. <laughs> it sticks in my head for some reason. I feel like there's a character named Harry Price in some show it I watch. It does sound familiar, but also like yeah. the article, like my research, it just says Price all the time. So I'm like, well, I forgot his first name. Yeah. Um. So Harry Price actually wound up moving into the rectory and living there for two years because there was that much investigating to do. All right, here we go. Um. So... Um, first, uh, there's a rectory, right? But it was the Borley Manor and then the rectory was Mm -hmm. built later. So the manor was, um, owned by a powerful family called the Waldgrave family for 300 years. This shit is old. Mm -hmm. I'm talking monks used to be there. So, I mean, monks are still around. Um, so between... (laughs) Whoops. They um, seem old timey. They seem so old timey. So between 1862 and 1892, the Reverend um, H.D.E. Bull. So I don't know what H.D.E. stands for. He had a lot of first names. Harry David Elizabeth. Harry David Elizabeth Bull, a relative <laughs> of the Waldegraves, was the rectory of Borley. A year after his appointment, he built the Borley Rectory. Despite local warnings, he had built the house on a site known by locals to be haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, his son, H.F. Bull. Uh, re- Harry Francis. Thank you. Harry Francis uh-huh. Bull um, uh-huh. uh, succeeded him as the rector after after the first bull died. I for- he had all those names. I forgot. Elizabeth. Um, okay. So the, the rectory was vacant for over a year. And um, then this new reverend, Reverend Smith, was appointed to the role. However, Reverend Smith quit and left the rectory just after a year of moving in because he was so haunted by the ghosts of this place that he was like, no, thank you. I cannot stay here. Um, okay, so there had actually been strange happenings in and around the rectory for a very long time before Reverend Smith moved in and was like, this place is haunted, like, you guys. No. Yeah. Um, it goes back to the first reports in 1886. Um, a Mrs. E. Bifford quit her position as a nanny at the rectory because of ghostly footsteps that kept following her. More, than, more than 14 years later... Two daughters of Henry Bull first spotted what would become the famous, quote, phantom nun on the rectory's front <gasps> lawn. Oh, my gosh. The sighting occurred in the middle of the afternoon by these children. And they were like, um, what the hell? There is a nun on our front lawn right now. And <laughs> um, and then when they noticed that, the family also started experiencing rappings. 
um, <gasps> on the walls oh, and yeah, on the floors yeah. and stuff. Very Victorian era. Um, these uh, young children who saw the Phantom Nun and heard the rappings were so um, unnerved. Um, but their dad, the Reverend Bull, was like, this is just splendid entertainment. And he thought it was funny and cute that they had all these ghosts. So, Dad, it's not funny. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm scared. Dad, that nun is, is dead. I can see through her, Dad. No. Go get some monks to even out the nun. It's hilarious, children. It's just entertainment. We don't have TVs. We don't have phones. <laughs> I brought you the ghost for entertainment. Where's, where's the gratitude? Come on. Dad, let's just get cable. This is, here's some cocaine, children. <laughs> and, and a little bit of rum. Uh, uh, oh, oh. So he was like, oh, this is so fun, guys. Isn't this so much fun, children? So they became it became a tradition that like after dinner, they would sit on the front lawn and like the Mr. Bull, Reverend Bull and his son would smoke cigars and like the wife and kids would sit and they would just watch and wait for the nun to appear. And she would. So that was weird. Yeah. They um, really didn't have TV back then. Yeah, they were so bored back then. And dinner, you know, was probably at like 2 p.m. So that's yeah. like, <laughs> wait for the sun to go down. And, um, so there was also a number of times when bells rang throughout the house, although the bell wires, which were once used to summon the servants, had been cut many years before. So, yeah, it's summoning something. But it's not servants. Bum, bum, bum. Then members of the Bull family. Um, uh, whoops, wrong. I said it wrong. The members of the Bull family were not the only ones to see ghost, the ghostly nun on the grounds um, of the rectory. This dude named Fred Cartwright, he was a local carpenter. He saw the phantom nun four times in two weeks. Dang, I she guess liked him. it was very entertaining for everybody. Nuns <laughs> do like a carpenter, and I'm out. Oh, thank you, my God, thank you, thank Tammy. You. That was amazing. Bow, bow, bow. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God, it's like mic drop, girl. <laughs> I have one, and I will, and I probably Please have. Don't, it'll be very loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so up until 1939. 14 people were reported to have seen the phantom nun. Three people had claimed to have seen a phantom coach and horses with glittering harnesses sweep across the grounds. And two... Cinderella? I know, right? That totally made me think of Cinderella. <laughs> and then um, two people had claimed to have seen the apparition of a headless man. Um, and then local legend also had it that a monastery... Monastery, yeah, monastery, mm -hmm. had once been located on that site in the 13th century. And that oh. legend goes, a monk and a beautiful young novice, doesn't say if it was male or female, were killed. Uh, a novice is a pre-nun, so a girl. Oh, thank you. I did not know I that. I said that with such authority, but then I don't know what a pre-monk monk is. I don't know, but he was a monk. It was a monk. A monk and a beautiful young novice. So they were killed while trying to um, escape the the building so that they could elope together. And oh, my gosh. The monk, his, his punishment, yeah. he was hanged. And his would-be bride, okay, it was a female, would-be okay. bride... <laughs> was bricked up alive within the <gasps> walls of her convent. Why is it always worse for women? Always! It's always long, slow, painful death. And, oh, I know, honestly. 
Okie doke. So we've got some shit history happening here, right? It is cray. Yeah. And then um, according to local accounts, like now we're back in present day, a.k.a. late 1800s, um, oh, there's a window in the house that would open and close from the inside of the rectory, even though it was deserted at the time. Um, the main staircase was once found covered with stone and small pieces of glass, um, <gasps> even though there were no broken windows. And locals who lived nearby would see lights in the house, even though there was no electricity, and hearing what they described as horrible sounds around the time of the full moon. Oh, my God, Amy. I was just about to say, this is the most haunted place in Britain, like the Shrieking Shack in Harry Potter. Oh, my God. But the Shrieking Shack wasn't actually haunted. They pretended like it was so that Lupin could go transform into a werewolf during the full moon. Guys, I think I just solved it. There's just a friendly werewolf there. You know what? We're done here. I think that's... (laughs) And that is Harry Price, ladies and, and gentlemen. And I'm going to interrupt you, my mic again. <laughs> are you Harry Price, Tammy? Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to fast forward to 1929. Harry Bull has passed away. This is the, the Bull family was living there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he died. And then um, this dude, Reverend Smith, comes to the rectory. And... Um, and like he's like oh my god I think the ghost of Harry Bull is haunting this place Mm -hmm. and he tells this to a local newspaper and then Harry Price who used to be a journalist is like gets wind of this story and he gets a phone call from a London editor and was asked to investigate (laughs) so Harry Price is like um yeah, I'll think about it. And then the newspaper was like, well, here's what's happening. Um, phantom footsteps, strange lights, ghostly whispers, a headless man, a girl in white, the sound of a phantom coach outside, the apparition of the home's builder, Henry Bull, and of course, the spirit of the nun um, who drifts through the garden with her head bent in sorrow. And Harry Price is like, I'm um, in. <laughs> getting on the next train. I'll be there in 12 days. <laughs> So it was enough to convince Price that like some shit was happening and he began what later turned into 18 years of investigating this place. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that insane? So he lived there for a few years to investigate, but he actually, this was an 18-year ongoing investigation. And that is why the article was 12 pages long and I had to reduce it to, to four I'm impressed. I know. And we're almost at the end of page three. So we're doing great. Um, Doing so, so good. So what was interesting here is, oopsies, I lost my place. Okay. I kept having me. I had to make the font bigger. I was like, I'm so old now. I'm so <laughs> old. I'm like, I look away for one second. I'm like, where, where was I? Oh my God, where was I? Um, and I apologize that this one's a little lengthy, but it's it's just so interesting. Mine's pretty short. So. Perfect. Okay. So during the time that he started to investigate the rectory, um, a new reverend and his family moved in. Why? It's beyond me. Um, hey, man, you gotta, you just gotta, it's a working rectory, yeah. you know? I mean, just because there's an active investigation going on, you still gotta live your life, right? Yeah. So this dude, Reverend Foister, moved in with his family. And that is the time that things, the hauntings actually got violent. Oh, no. So, yeah. So I don't know what they brought with them, but shit got real violent. The Foisters, um, time in the house... <laughs> 
brought a funny last name, that's for sure. Hey, <laughs> hey, Foistas. Hey, Foista. Foist. Hey, Foista. Foista. You see, you see the nun? time in the house would see a marked increase in the violent paranormal activity. So the family would get locked out of rooms, household items would vanish, windows were broken, furniture was moved, odd sounds were heard, and um, Mrs. Foister was thrown from her bed at night. (gasps) No! She was slapped by invisible hands. Oh my god! Is she just abused? (laughs) I think I do think like maybe women were being abused and the husbands Mrs. Or the- Mrs. Foister, you have a black eye. I know it's that ghost. I tell you, it's that, <laughs> that ghost slapped me, pushed me out of bed. And- it's uh, invisible hands. I swear. <laughs> Those invisible hands are the very. It was the nun. She punished me. But I'm not a good Catholic. Okay, here's the best part. I mean, and by best, I mean worst. Um, she was uh, forced to dodge heavy, heavy objects which flew at her day and night and was once almost suffocated with a mattress. Unfortunately, there's no details on that one, Tammy. How you, how you... Look, I'm calling it. Foister was an asshole. I agree. He was a not a nice man. Not It's a nice me, man. Tammy, Harry Price, Esquire. <laughs> Solving this case, <laughs> not a ghost. Uh, well, we will, we will see. I think, um, <laughs> I think maybe it wasn't. Uh, things took another inexplicable turn when um, there began to appear a series of scrawled messages on the walls of the house, written <laughs> by an unknown hand. Um, they seemed to be pleading with Mrs. Foister, using phrases like. Marianne, please get help. And Marianne, light mass prayers. Like light the candles, like a prayer candle, I think. That's scary. Yeah. So it got so bad that by May of 1931, the Foisters moved the fuck out. Only for a few days. I guess they just wanted to get some peace and quiet. Um, but they didn't come back for like a month. <laughs> they, they wanted a few, it says, quote, a few days of peace and quiet. And then they were gone for a while. Yeah. Um, but while they were out of the house, um, the investigations like got much deeper because it was like, okay, they're not here to trigger mm-hmm. these spirits. So like, let's see what we can get. Um, so this um, Price, Harry Price and this dude named Dom Richard Whitehouse um, started doing seances to figure out what they could find out. Um, they would uh, find like objects scattered all over the house, but knowing that the family had left. And um, and then the family eventually came back from their little staycation and things got <laughs> even worse. Mrs. Foister was hurled from her bed three more times. Oh my God. And after five more years of this, they were like, okay, we're out. Have fun investigating guys. We can't do this anymore. Um, so when they officially moved out, the church offered the house to Harry Price for about one sixth of his, of its value. Um, <laughs> but he decided not to buy it. He's like, I'm not going to buy this, but I'll rent it. <laughs> so fucking weird. So he rents this house um, for a year. 
And he did around the clock investigations, like night and day, day and night. And he used a bunch of volunteer investigators. Um, he would give them like books to, to follow for like, here's how you investigate. Here's the tools that Aww. you need. And he also gave them journals. Ghost to, hunting like, for dummies. Right? <laughs> I know. And then he, um, he accomplished some really cool early um, ghost hunting techniques, uh, which set the standard for those who would follow. So... Price coined the idea of the, quote, ghost hunter's kit. It used tape measures to check the thickness of walls and to search for hidden chambers. Um, he perfected the use of still cameras for indoor and outdoor photography. He brought in a remote control motion picture camera. Um, and he also uh, put to use a fingerprinting kit. Um, I guess to see if like when an object apparently moves on its own, he would test it for fingerprints oh, to see if okay. somebody actually manipulated it themselves. Gotcha. Um, and then he even used portable telephones for contact between investigators. Um, so yeah, it, it, he like this forced him to like create some very modern technology for ghost hunting. Yeah. This is straight up just like, an episode of Ghost Hunters. Isn't you know? it? It's so crazy. That's really cool. I know. I was like, that is pretty darn cool. So um, almost done here. Um, so wrapping up, like what ha ended up happening with this house, they did a ton of seances when he was renting it for a year and living there. Um, during a sitting with a planchette, which is a device used for automatic writing, for those who don't know, an alleged spirit named Marie Lare related that she had been a nun in France, but left her convent to marry Henry Waldegrave, the guy whose house this was in his family for 300 years. Oh. Yeah. So he was um, super wealthy and he owned the manor home um, before the rectory was built. So um, while living um, with uh, Waldegrave at the manor, her husband... I mean, she was a nun. Uh, strangled. Not anymore. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so her husband got all jealous and strangled her and buried her remains in the cellar. So Rude. so they're kind of like, I know, they're like, wait, the phantom nun. Oh, my God. This nun from France who came to marry Waldegrave and he killed mm -hmm. her and put her under the. OK, so they're like, oh, my gosh, we think that all of these messages are from her. Um, and that the former nun was buried in, you know, she didn't have like a, a ceremony, like a religious ceremony. Um, oh, yeah. it was unconsecrated ground and now she's doomed to haunt the property while she seeks her, her rest. So, um, long story short, eventually like most old places do the, the rectory burnt down. Um, so it burnt down because of an accident actually. Um, I forgot what happened. Uh, flaming Dr. Pepper. Yeah, it, it was the last episode. It was a flaming Dr. Pepper. <laughs> oh, here it is. Um, an oil lamp was overturned on accident yeah. in the library. Same. Yes. Mm -hmm. So close. It, it was probably filled with Dr. Pepper. Mm -hmm. Um, so it spread across the rectory. Whole thing freaking burnt down. They ended up gutting it in 1939, and um, and then uh, and then in 1944 they just demolished the whole freaking thing. So. After this building was demolished, the rectory, they started digging up, you know, like the, the remains of the grounds and they mm -hmm. found a human skull Stop! and bones. Yes. 
So, and they also near the skull found religious medals. I don't know what oh religious gosh. medals really are, but I think they, they associate it with the nun. So mm-hmm. they think it was the nun. So in May of 1945, they gave the, the remaining bones and the skull a Christian burial. Aww. Yep. It was a proper Christian burial in a cemetery so that the nun could maybe find peace. And, um, the, the ghost of the nun was never seen again. <gasps> Yeah, isn't that amazing? This is like an episode of, um, you know, like 14 different shows. Yeah, so basically, yes. <laughs> um, so Touched by an Angel, is that one of oh, them? Oh, sure, that works, yes. With, what's the one with um, uh, she can see ghosts and she has to help them cross oh, over? Oh, the ghost, ghost Whisperer. Wait, Ghost Yeah, Ghost Whisperer. Is that what it's called? Was yeah, because we Jennifer, had that DVD. Jennifer yes. Love Hewitt? Yes, yes, yes. I think it was Ghost Whisperer. We did have the DVD as a prop. Yeah, as a prop, we did. Well, Tams, to wrap this up, it seemed that after the ruins of Borley Rectory were demolished, the ghosts moved to Borley Church. Rut row! So, to be continued. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, there is now a Borley Church, and all the ghosts from the rectory, except for the nun, who finally got her piece, moved Aww. there. So we'll have to research Borley Church in, the, in another episode. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So Harry Price died. I forgot when, but you know, he died. And he published two books on this investigation. And um, yeah, and he was in the middle of writing a third book when he died. So it never got published. But that is wow. the very long, I apologize, story okay. of Harry Price, the original ghost yes. hunter. This is is amazing because Amy I picked somebody and there are just a lot of similarities um so I can't wait to talk I bet I bet they corresponded I truly bet they did I'll bet they did um so I decided to do Hans Holzer um and I found him and then was like that sounds so familiar to me so good old google drive I typed in Holzer and his name popped up because I mentioned him in the episode on witches, number 81, which member I was even like, didn't we already do this? Didn't I do that lady? Yes. So I did Sybil Leek, who was a witch, and she worked with Hans Holzer. Um, they like, yeah, worked together to like find ghosts and stuff. Sometimes. Awesome. So, so I got... Every bit of information from Wikipedia, because why fight it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia, why fight it? <laughs> um, Holzer was born in Vienna, Austria, and uh, his interest in the supernatural was sparked at a very young age by stories told to him by his uncle Henry. He went on to study archaeology and ancient history at the University of Vienna, But seeing that war was imminent, his family decided it was unsafe to stay in Austria. Good call. Good call. And left the country for New York City in 1938. Ooh. So he studied Japanese at Columbia University, which is Damn, that's Uh smart. I mean, he was smart. He was smart. And after studying comparative religion and parapsychology, he claimed to have attained a PhD at a school called the London College of Applied Science. Um, But 
uh, I guess multiple media organizations have been unable to establish the reality of this school. <laughs> oh my God. He just made it up. <laughs> he's like, he's like Dr. Phil. He's not a real doctor. Um, <laughs> so um, he went on to teach parapsychology at the New York Institute of Technology. And um, that's so cool. Your guy wrote two books about um, investigating. Mine wrote 120. <laughs> Well, 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 Harry Price, you fucking failed me, buddy. Lazy. Lazy. You know, this is what happens when you have an independent source of wealth. You just become lazy. Okay. I mean, he couldn't even live through the third book. He got so tired, he just croaked. <laughs> he just died. He's like, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> Um, so his uh, extensive involvement in researching the supernatural included investigating the Amityville horror. Oh, stop it! Uh huh. He worked with other well-known uh, people, including trance mediums like Sybil Leak, um, and a couple other people who I won't name because maybe I want to do them later, and I'm not telling you. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Holzer, he's been credited with creating the term the other side. Um, and he's also sometimes credited with having coined the term ghost hunter, oh. which was the title of his first book that was published in 1963. Cool. So was, his first book was called Ghost Hunter. And people are, if he didn't invent it, he definitely popularized it. That's so, awesome. Why not? Just go straight to the source. Um Holzer believed in life after death and the existence of ghosts, spirits, and, quote, stay-behinds. He called them. Those are different. Um, ghosts, according to him, were imprints left in the environment which could be picked up by sensitive people. Spirits were intelligent beings that could interact with the living. And stay-behinds were those who found themselves earthbound after death. Um so he definitely liked to categorize things a little oh. differently. Yeah. So basically ghosts, just to, to recap that, because that's so interesting. We kind of tackled it in our very early episodes yeah. when we used to do a ghost story f along with like fact. Historical. Yeah. His, yeah. yeah. But um, so a ghost is something that doesn't present itself willingly. But if you're very sensitive to it, yeah. you pick up on it. A right. spirit is presenting itself willingly and interacting and interacting on purpose. Mm -hmm. So even people who aren't like true believers, or they've actually had these encounters themselves. Mm -hmm. and, okay. That's interesting. Neat. huh? I love it. Um, let's see. He believed in reincarnation and the existence of levels of consciousness and was a proponent of psychic archaeology, which has been criticized as a pseudoscience, but I was looking into it. It's basically like taking sensitive people into historic locations and having them like feel wow. what things were like and then being like, cool, you, you ate beans here. Neat. Um, <laughs> that's, that's an exact quote. Um, so, you okay, what? it is and then, cool. You ate beans. No, here? Oh. no. <laughs> I believed you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm such a liar. Um, <laughs> oh, remember how you your guy married uh, Rich? Yeah, Holzer and his wife, Countess Catherine Genevieve Bukhovadin. Oh, for a sixth sake. generation descendant of Russian Empress Catherine the Great. Oh my God, these guys! They had two daughters. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. 
So I was going to talk about the Amityville horror a little bit um, because it was his most famous investigation. And so this was around it in in January 1977. Holzer uh, got together with spiritual medium Ethel Myers uh, and they went into the house and Myers claimed the house had been built over. And this was after the, the murder happened there. Oh, okay. Uh, Myers claimed the house had been built over an ancient Native American burial ground and the angry spirit of a Shinnecock Indian chief named Rolling Thunder had possessed the previous occupant, Ronald DeFeo Jr., driving him to murder his family. Photographs taken at the scene revealed curious anomalies such as halos, which appeared over where the bullet marks were from where... He had, yeah. Whoa. Um, Holzer's claim that the house was built on uh, sacred land was denied by local Amityville Historical Society. And it was pointed out that it was the uh, Montaukett Indians and not the Shinnecocks who had been the original settlers. However, Indian burial sites have been found all over Long Island, including Amityville. So no one's been able to confirm or deny if, you know. There are people from that particular tribe there. Gotcha. Um, Also, uh, I wanted to say, because now I want to read this, Holzer's daughter, Alexandra Holzer, wrote a book called Growing Up Haunted, based (gasps) on her life. That's awesome. (laughs) With her father. And it made me think about um, the kid, because, you know, the Amityville Horror, so that guy assassinated his family then a family moved into the house and found it to be quite haunted and then the movie was made off of that family and then i think i told you one of the actual real life children of the people that claimed they were haunted that ed and lorraine worked with um ed and lorraine warren sorry i'm on first name mom and dad with them and i know i know you are (laughs) (laughs) but for people listening um so one of the children made a documentary called My Amityville Horror yes. where it's kind of like either it was ghosts or severe psychological abuse. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. I like My sorry. Amityville Horror because it's a little less scary than it's, the Amityville I mean, Horror. I don't yeah. know. Sometimes it's both. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, he did a lot of stuff and then he died on April 26, 2009. Hey, Amy. Yes, What t- day is it today? April 26th! April 26th! I literally wrote it in all caps. Amy, what day is it? I just got nauseous. I just thought that was fascinating because I was doing this research yesterday and I was like, what? Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> like this day in history much? Oh my right? God. So real quick, you know I made you a Hunter hoax because I love you. <laughs> Here is a Hunter hoax. Um... Hans Holzer, as I mentioned, wrote 120 books on the paranormal, many of which, uh, by the way, I read I read the title of every single one of these books. <laughs> Damn. Uh, many of which had a distinctly self-help vibe. <laughs> <laughs> which one of these is not an actual paranormal self-help book written by Hans Holzer? Oh, God. A, Psycho Ecstasy, How to Awaken the Secret Powers of Your Inner Self. <laughs> B, ESP and U. C, how to win phantoms and influence poltergeists. <laughs> or D, hypnosis, controlling the inner you. Oh my God, these are amazing. I've got to go with C, 
how to win poltergeist and influence. So. <laughs> I made myself laugh really hard because I was like, what's That's a really amazing. well-known self-help book that I can rewrite? And I was pretty <laughs> pretty pleased with how to win fandoms and influence poltergeist. How to win fandoms and influence poltergeist. I want it to be real so badly because I'd right? read that, you know? I would too. Wow, really so that s- psycho-ecstasy thing, it was real. How to awaken the secret powers of your inner self. Sounds there were sexy. A bunch of, I like, there were other ones that were like, you know, how to use hauntings for self-benefit. It was so messed up. Weird. Yeah. I can't believe he wrote 120 fucking books on this. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I don't even think we need that many, dude. Wow. Wow. These are, this just made me realize like just now, how did neither of us do Elaine Warren? I mean, I assumed you were going to. No, for and some then, reason it didn't even cross my mind. I checked I felt like you mentioned her even. And then I checked your research and was like, oh, she didn't do it. And so I was kind of like, maybe there wasn't good info. No, you're right. We actually, I did, when I proposed this topic, I was like, um, why don't we do Ghost Hunters like the Warrens or something? Mm -hmm. And then I never even researched. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, we'll save that for another date. Save it. Obviously. Always be saving. Um, So, you know, some people in this podcast could really use some ghost hunters right now. <laughs> I'll say Tammy. Oh my you God. You know mine, but I don't know yours. So I'm just going to say it real fast. Yeah. I want, well, mine's not, mine's actually not that exciting. It's just we, oh. something weird that's been happening in, in for, to me here, but I want to oh. hear about your, yours. Well, long story short, we talked about this ad nauseum before when I had that orb show up on the ring camera mm-hmm. back in February. And in the past week and a half we've had four more incidents just all in a row four in the middle yeah like between three and five a.m same it's the same orb it goes in different directions it's always the same size it moves in different ways um it's still transparent it's still a circle that kind of undulates um and at this point we're kind of like like i'm ruling out like um Wait. Yes. Yeah. That, that was, was a good, good one. That was a real. Thank that you. Andre canned wine, man. Extra yeah, effervescent. It's, it's getting me. Um, I feel like we've ruled out seasonal phenomenon. Like, you know, if it was like a kind of pollen or something. Oh, like yeah. February to April in Texas is like night and day. So right. it's not that. It's not some kind of bug we've seen bugs show up in the past and it looks completely different no idea what's going on so i'm i'm gonna get my dad my dad's gonna send me this stuff and i'll, I'll edit it all together so we can post it on the instagram so if people see something and that it's at the same time each time like that's crazy shape mm-hmm. okay i can't wait to see it yeah wow now despite that which is so fucking spooky have you felt anything weird I mean it seems to be staying outside and like wants to come in but yeah and um not to like get detail-y I've talked to you about it but I won't on the podcast um we did have like a death in the neighborhood but the first orb showed up before that death. yeah yeah and it then did. it's been a couple of weeks and so mm. I don't know but and and for it to be happening kind of like days in a row you know what I mean 
So I don't know if it happens every night and the ring only picks it up a couple of times or... Yeah. I just have no idea. I have no idea wow. what's going on. Truly, we were sitting around. So we were sitting around on the porch the other night. My dad was like, so what do we do? Do we send this to somebody? Do we like, she, he was like asking my professional opinion. I was like, I don't fucking know what to do. I just make jokes and drink about this shit. Um, now if we were straight up like should we he was like should we send this to like ghost hunters i was like i don't know if they like take commissions i don't know i was like i'll ask amy i don't know we just we're amateurs (laughs) we just research about old timey haunting just copy and paste so I really don't know. Like, I kind of wonder if there's like a local paranormal society. Like, right. Because you and I have like done well with like, we can, we definitely feel stuff, but we can also get mm-hmm. rid of it. But we've never yeah. actually communicated successfully with like, answer us, you know, like, I guess yeah. that one time we did that investigation at Debbie's house, mm-hmm. um, which was like, a few years ago to this date. Cause I got like a flash, the throwback thing on Instagram. Really? It was like, this happened two years ago or three years ago. I'm like, Ooh, whoa. I was also uh, drinking champagne that day. <laughs> yeah. I got a little drunky and then I had to go teach puppets. Uh-huh. It was a bad decision. Um, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. That is, I wouldn't know what to do. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because I honestly am not gonna engage it. Like no. I have to live here, and we're quarantined, so I have to be here all the fucking time. That's I'm not interested. True. You, we are social distancing from ghosts as well. So that is so so true. Yeah, yeah, we are social distancing from ghosts. They have to stay out. We have to stay in six feet apart. Please. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow, I can't wait to see this, this footage, Tams. This yeah. is spooky. I know. Yeah, don't engage with it, I guess. And we don't want to invite it in. Hell no. Nope. Um, well, weirdly, what's been going on for me is um, for like the past four weeks, I would say, I nothing's changed in my like sleep habits. I, I take like the like I do 10 milligrams of a like THC gummy before bed that has mm. a nice strain in it for me to fall asleep to. I take some nice herbs, like um, non-medicinal herbs just to like help like my adre- adrenal glands. And so I usually sleep really well. And for like four straight weeks, I fall asleep and like clockwork at four o'clock in the morning on the dot, something jolts me awake. <gasps> And then I lay in bed and I'm like, my heart's not racing. I don't feel all revved up, but I'm like, well, what just woke me? And about five minutes after that happens, when I'm trying to settle and go back to sleep, like clockwork, my upstairs neighbor gets out of bed. I hear them walk to their bathroom and get back in bed. Oh my God. So on this, I started telling Ithamar about it a few weeks ago And now every morning when I wake up, I kind of verbally document like it happened again. It happened again. It's the only night it didn't happen was when instead of weed gummy, I took half a Xanax because I was like, I wonder (laughs) if I could sleep through this because it's disturbing Uh me. And I did. I slept through the whole night, which was really lovely. Um, But I can't, I'm not going to do that every night. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I thought, you know, Ithamar was like, are they waking you up? And I said, no, I'm waking up because I feel something and I think they're feeling something. I think something is either in Something's their place. moving through. Yes, or our place. But the energy here is so great. Like I've never felt 
an ooky presence or a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I will admit that once getting on my antidepressants, like my my ghosty spidey senses has have been slightly suppressed, which isn't that wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. At first I was sad about it and I'm like, wait, this is amazing. I don't have to yeah, think no. that I see I ghosts all the time. Straight up said to Ben a little while ago because you know I spent so much time in Europe and I was in very haunted places and I just was not having any experiences and I said I think my ghost thing is broken yeah and he was like oh are you like happy or something I was like (laughs) I guess like I'm no longer like tormented with extreme trauma that makes me hyper aware of other trauma around me how dare you make me happy so conflicting (laughs) because I I believe in ghosts and I but but now like whenever people are like discounting ghosts like paranormal experiences as a response to trauma I do believe that too I believe in Mm -hmm. that both can happen but oh my god yeah so so that's been really bizarre and but I I fall back asleep usually within 30 minutes but it's long enough to hear that my upstairs neighbor also wakes up gets out of because their room is above us and their Mm -hmm. bathrooms above us or above our bathroom and I hear the pipes and then they get back into bed and that's that. And I'm just like, mm. we're, we are unknowingly, I think, having some kind of shared experience. And yeah. I am so curious as to what it is. It's yeah. fascinating. So that's what's been going on here, which has been super duper weird. So, man, those those bewitching hours, girl, between 3 and 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So I'll keep you posted and you keep me posted on that shit too. Okay, I will. And, I will. you know, Tam's... Last week, did you, did you do a Banshees and Binge? I did. What was it? The Office. Duh. Oh my God. I have the worst memory. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, you talked Um, about yours a lot and I was like, just watch The Office. It's great. Yeah. I don't have a, I I haven't been binging anything this week really. So I don't know. Oh, I have have one. That's okay. Oh, what's yours? I don't think you have to. We won't make it a thing. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, mine is I'm finally ready to share because uh, I'm definitely a hipster in the sense of like when I find something that I love and I'm obsessed with, but not a lot of people know about it. I go either way. Either I tell everyone about it. Like that's what I did with Tiger King. I was straight up. I posted like five different like Facebook things. It was like fucking watch Tiger King, you idiot. <laughs> and then I shared it on here. It inspired this segment because I was like, I need to tell people about Tiger King. Or I get hipster about it and I'm like, I don't want other people to know about this because it's my thing. <laughs> I get okay. that way. Oh, yeah. The show is called Letter Kenny. It oh. is on Hulu. Yes. Never watched it if the Mars Obsessed. Of course he is. You two have the it exact is, same taste. It is. Com- we really do. Yeah. I remember one time it, we were like... <laughs> We were like sitting in a bar one time and it was as if we were we were like old like veterans and we're like, you seen this documentary? Yeah, I saw that one. You seen this one? Yeah, I seen that one. Like literally just like the two Tell me you, what I haven't seen. And the two like, of you in your British procedurals and com- yeah. like you guys both love that shit. We really do. So tell me yeah. about it. I don't know anything about it. He loves it though. Okay. It's so good. Um it takes a Okay, it's a Canadian show, and it's about a very small town in Canada with very wild characters. Oh, it's Canadian. I thought it was British. Okay. It's Canadian, and they talk very quickly, (laughs) and... The whole, like the first season is six episodes. You you will watch it in one sitting, Mm -hmm. and 
there's enough there's repeated things it is so quotable it is so beyond quotable that I don't think I've had a single conversation with my boyfriend since we started the show that has not included at least one quote from the show love it so it it's just you'll love it you'll fall in love with the characters it's so funny and weird I mean it's hardcore rated R but like just wonderful and so funny And, and and let yourself get into it like my I was like drunk one night and was like with my parents. I was like, let's watch an episode of Letterkenny. I wonder if you guys would like this. So I put on the first episode and they were like, we like it. And I was like, no, they don't. Oh, <laughs> but then the other night, my mom was like, I can't stop thinking about that Letterkenny show. Can we watch more of it? And then we watched episode like the whole rest of the first season. Amazing. You just you start it and you love it. It's it's like you. it's also like a wine that you want to savor. So I actually have not when I was in England, I couldn't get my Hulu. Fuck you, Hulu. Um, because <laughs> they they wouldn't let you watch it overseas, and they would block it if you were using the things that you can watch things overseas. And I oh, straight right. up even went on and was like, "What if I'm a military family?" And they're like, "Cool, go to base and watch us." And I was like, "God damn Fuck it!" it. <laughs> so I did once. Um, so, um. Yeah, so, like, I couldn't watch it overseas, only very rarely when, like, the thing would work that we could get it. So I've still got, like, three seasons to watch that I haven't, but I'm, like, saving it because I don't ever want to be done, you know? Like, I don't ever want to have no more Letter Kenny to watch. Those are the best kind of shows. That's awesome. So watch that. Okay, will do. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Oh, psych. Wait, not psych. Jinx. <laughs> when you say the same thing at the same time, uh-huh. yeah, jinx. Sorry. You could psych somebody into a jinx, maybe. Psych jinx. Oh, what? My God. Oh my God. What my happened? Alexa. Oh my God. Oh. Everything's going wrong. Tammy, you scared me so badly. I knocked my recorder over. Am I still recording? Okay, okay I'm still recording. Well, I got scared. My freaking lady over here started talking at me how you didn't even say her name i didn't but also i've changed the start word that's right to something else yes. from star trek which is very unfortunate because i watch a lot of fucking star trek <laughs> so. oh my god that scared me i knocked my shit over who it scared okay. me too this okay. is what happened before i'm sweating i'm burping okay, okay. look If you are tired of your smart speaker talking back to us, you should tell us about it. Write to us an email at upghostandpersonal at gmail.com. Yes, and you can drop it uh, us a note through our website directly at www.bansheesandbooze.com or slide into our DMs on Instagram at Banshees and Booze. Or slide into our DMs on Twitter at Banshees and Booze. And please follow us, um, download and rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're and on tell it. your friends. Tell your friends, tell your friends, friends, tell your friends, 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 friends. friends, friends. Friends. Um, yeah, and hey, hey, Tammy. Oh, uh, yes, Amy. If you see a ghost, drink a foisters Australian for beer. <laughs> Amazing. Why don't I remember literally anything from this episode? I cheated this time. <gasps> I wrote it down because I drank an entire fucking can of champagne. You drank so I knew. it. Oh my god! Amazing. I have one sip left. You ready? She did it. She just crushed a large can of sparkling <laughs> wine. Ugh, she's breathing fire. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Um, hey, Amy. Hey, Amy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, Amy. Yeah. Yes, Tiny. Uh, uh, if you see a ghost. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, <laughs> I'm dying here. Uh, hide under a mattress and pray it doesn't suffocate you. <laughs> that poor lady. That poor lady. I mean, I think her husband was behind I think it. He was, just yeah, I saying. think he was just pushing her face on the mattress and stuff. Yeah, I think Ooh. they need some help. Um, that was fun. Good job, us. Yeah. We'd Thanks. Good job, us. And maybe when this episode drops, we'll have more information about our future as quarantined yeah. citizens of the world. We're all in this together, guys. Hashtag yes. Together alone. <laughs> together alone. I need more rum. All right. Me too. Uh, um, okay. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay sane. I just hung up on Tammy. Oh, my God. <laughs>